Content warning. The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon, which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Rains, a.k.a. Poker and Politics, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Hellworld. This week, I am joined by our Arizona correspondent, Haley, a.k.a. Arizona Right Wing Watch. Hello, I just sneezed. I hope that didn't catch on the camera. <laughs> It didn't, but watching you soundlessly jerking your head violently back and forth, I was like, oh my god, she's dying. This is bad. We're going to have to audible out of the podcast now that Haley has perished. <laughs> Haley has perished before my very eyes, so that was that was alarming. I'm sorry. Hi. No, no problem. And we were also joined by the mysterious L. Hello, my beautiful babies. <laughs> it's slow Australian L today. Australian? I don't know. I, 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 it felt twangy. That's all. I, I went. I, I went. I went off the twang. So, yeah, yeah. You associate all twanginess with Australian. I don't know why. I just kind of felt crocodile Dundee esque. I don't know. I don't know why that was what it caught with me. But that's where I was. But I didn't say the word cunt even once. <laughs> wow! Just coming right out. <laughs> I mean, in the context of it, I think I'll be forgiven. I wasn't like talking about Carrie Explicit Lake or whatever. Warning. Bazinga. Yeah. See, here we go. Yeah, plus we do a content warning on the top of it. I'm pretty sure if our content warning covers like dangers against children, it covers casual use of the C word. <laughs> yes. But in case it does not, I use C word there. You see, it can be taught. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, so this has been uh, just <laughs> good opening. The, no, oh, it's, it's a stellar opening, but also, I mean, it's just this whole this whole week has been just so bizarre. It's like it is like we are now living in a reality that is the fantasy of QAnon, where it's just like, oh, our enemy is going to get indicted. Oh, our enemy is going to face justice, and the news is even telling you, like, you turn on the TV and they tell you these things. And then, like, we are where we, like, literally last week's episode was entitled The Looming Trump Indictment. And now here we are, like, a week later, the looming continues. It's just, it's just like, oh, my God. Speaking like, of weird Q-adjacent, uh, like, reality-twisting stuff, uh, I am going to seize the range of our tangent segment that is unnamed that comes before our amuse-bouche, where we have the floor to talk about whatever horse shit we want to, Usually this is where me and Sarge talk about cartoons, but no, no, dear listener, this week I'm here to talk to you about something way cooler than cartoons, apes, and specifically the Planet of the Apes, because uh, me and my friends, we watched that whole damn reboot Planet of the Apes trilogy, and on top of being incredible, which it is, uh, I forgot how hard the intro to the second movie is, like in a post-pandemic world. Because, like, so the end of the first Planet, I guess, spoiler warning for the Planet of the Apes reboot trilogy. At the end of the first one, uh, the virus that makes apes smart gets out into the world and starts killing people. And then uh, the end credit scene shows it being transmitted across the world like a game of Plague Gank or whatever. 
And then the it's second scary. one. It's scary to see how easy things transmit, even though it's just a movie. And it's it after, is. It, yeah, it's like, oh, God, COVID. And then it, just when you think you're done with that, you're like, oh, I don't know how that, that did make me feel super great in a post-pandemic world. But I guess it is what it is. That's the reality of the situation. The second movie opens in the opening credit sequence, sequence is them like dealing with what was at the time the idea of a fake response to a pandemic that starts killing millions of people across the globe. And you did in fact have a Yahoo go up there and just be like, they made it in a lab. But in the context of the movie, he's fucking right. They did make it in a lab. (laughs) Up to and including, there's like a guy, like there's uh, one of the, I, I, he's sort of like a protagonist and an antagonist at the same. Like he's he's sort of like the Judas of the human group, but he's not like actively trying to portray them. He's just a conservative ding dong who's just like I hate them apes. Like them apes is responsible for all of this. And like a scientist who's just like like a virologist or whatever, is just like you do know that humans did this, right? That it was like it was our fault. And he's just like, yeah, but who else am I supposed to hate? And they all just sort of like <laughs> solemnly are just like. I get like like think on that for a second, and I'm just like, what? No, you can't just choose a thing to hate because you don't like the reality of the situation. Stop <laughs> making me sort of even sympathetic towards this goon. <laughs> yeah. I want him to be murdered by an ape. Yes, and then when that happens, it's off screen and it's very dissatisfying. Ah, I just see that man get murdered by an ape. Boo! Give give us our catharsis against the goon. What are you doing, movie makers? But yeah, man, the the opening. I would like, like, literally, if you're one of, like, if you're part of, uh, like the the group of people that is easily like sort of triggered by depictions of like uncomfortable stuff in media like that, <laughs> then like I would hi- like as incredible as that reboot trilogy is. I do think it's a very very good. Highly cannot recommend watching that if you were the sort of person who might be triggered by stuff that reminds you of the pandemic, because holy shit, I was like, wow, I'm even made a little uncomfortable by this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just a vi- it's a virus that it destroys the world and kicks humanity off its spot as like the champs of, of Earth. Like we lose to the virus making the apes better than us. It's like, oh, man, really? We lose to the apes now? Son of a biscuit. <laughs> to be fair, those apes are pretty rad. They're I'm strong. A huge, I'm a huge Maurice stan. Maureen is the greatest. Or Maurice. Maureen. Yeah. It's <laughs> Maureen and Maureen. They're both great apes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so uh, a Planet of the Apes tangent over. I figured I would just take the opportunity to, to talk about how weird it was to, to, watch the, <laughs> to watch them totally nail it in 2015. It's yeah. like, this is probably how dumb morons would react to the virus or whatever. Dumber. Well, because, because then, of course, it's like just protests as stuff is happening and like people are starting to fight and kill each other. And it's just like, yeah, I bet if it got like, you know, if it gets if it ever gets real, real bad, if there's another one and it's even worse, then it's just like, yeah, I bet we're just going to start hissing and clawing at each other. Oh, it's going to be great. I, I, that's one of the things that makes me laugh so much about QAnon is they're like, oh, the COVID death shot. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And. Guess what, guys? If you were right about that, humanity's done. It's over. If 10 or 20% of humanity just dropped dead over the course of a few years as a result of the vaccines, society collapses. We all lose. It's over. Like, you don't win. 
you I mean you get to walk around going I told you so but you're doing that either in a bread line or in a Mad Max style post-apocalyptic hellscape they'll be they'll be doing just fine because they'll be selling all of their unvaccinated sperm oh True. right right yes <laughs> absolutely it's gonna, be, it's gonna be worth its weight in gold or whatever yeah Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely, one hundred percent. the 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 greatest of the greatest of all precious bodily fluids. The uh, um, yes, the unvaccinated incel cum. That's the dream. The dream to possess it, to achieve it. <laughs> See, look at what look at what I did with my my funny Australia joke earlier in the episode. Just opened the doors for us to talk about all sorts of unsavory things. <laughs> yes. That was that was the goal, and we've achieved it. Yeah, hit the hit the monetize button for this one. Let's see how fast we get kicked off of Acast or whatever. <laughs> Done. Uh, whatever. Monica. I'm not sure about that. Uh, anyway, I feel a little peckish. You guys want to get a boosh? Let's do that. <laughs> it's time for a light sampling of insanity. Get ready for the amuse boosh. All right, time to start talking about ding dongs I don't know about, uh, and this one happens to be named Silver. Something Silver. I forgot to keep my note in front of me. Uh, so I have named him Hi-Ho Silver. Uh, Hi-Ho Silver has gone crazy, I guess. Mike, who, who is this mysterious silver person? And why are we talking about them in our bush? Okay, so Nate Silver is a po- quote-unquote polling expert, question mark, who got a few elections right. And as a result, everyone so was So is like, Pete oh. Davidson, am I right? Yes. Oh, <laughs> so I don't not- meet myself. <laughs> So basically, Nate made himself into this sort of prognosticating genius in the in, in the political world. And then 2016 came around and he and everybody else said that Hillary was surely going to win that thing. And then Trump won. And that started to damage Nate's brain a little bit. He started to get a little fuzzy. And it, around in, in COVID did a little damage to him, but he was whatever. But then, eventually, he got into this whole thing about the COVID lab leak being uh, the real source of what happened and not the wet market. And for some odd reason, this was a thing that he just couldn't let go. And recently, he's become Mr. Lab Leak. He is just like, you know... When I think of how COVID started, it was the lab leak and everyone's suppressing the information about it and they don't want to talk about it and blah, blah, blah. And I just, I'm just trying to get the truth out there. I'm just open-minded. And people have been showing, Nate, like a new article came out about the raccoon dogs and how this wet market is an absolute just nightmare of all these different species of animals that have like, have coronaviruses specific to their genotype and one thing can lead to another and they and it transmits and it moves from them to the next animal then to humans and and this article came out and all this information was exposed and nate's just shaking his head like you know these virologists they needed to not be a lab leak in order to keep their funding because if it's a lab leak they're in trouble and that is the exact same shit that climate deniers say about fucking climate scientists. And oh yeah, you got to tell us this global this global warming because if if you stop with this global warming shit, the governments will take your money away from you. So you're financially invested in your conspiracy theory. Unlike me, Nate Silver, truth seeker, who's just totally open minded and and willing to accept either side on this issue. I love how the the climate denier people they're just like, hey. 
despite the fact that we have lived for however long we've lived and we have historical records dating back however long we keep them, uh, it's just totally natural that suddenly California is under snow in the winter and literally on fire in the summer. That's just the way it's always been. And it's like, no, it's yeah. never been like that. In fact, historically, California's been the place go- people go when they don't want seasons. So it seems like they're getting like the anime version of seasons seems pretty annoying. That's <laughs> like it seems kind of weird, right? Like they went for just being like, yeah, seventy two and sunny all day to just be like, oh my god, three feet of snow in the winter, it's literally all of our property burning in the summer. <laughs> and in here, here in the majestic Commonwealth of Massachusetts, we now have a month of winter. Like we just have like February and maybe a slice of March is winter. The rest of the the rest of what you would consider to be winter is just what we would call a cold fall. It's just, oh, man, it's December, so it's just slightly colder fall. Any snow? No. No snow. That sounds like the nut. I love fall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, if we could have perpetual fall, that'd be the best. But we just – and, of course, now our Massachusetts summers are hotter. It's weird. It's almost like something's happening that's increasing the temperatures. I don't know. But that's almost, just – Almost as if the, the climate has been changing. Almost, almost as if, yes, almost as if. And the other thing that I want to finish up about this whole Lab League versus wet market thing is that Team Lab League is never honest about what they mean when they talk about the Lab League. Because when you're talking about it from the standpoint of, oh, it got out of the lab, that is just like the story of some scientist was working on the virus and then something happened and they got they thought they had a cold but it was really the virus infecting them they went home they infected their family then their their wife goes to work their kids go to school next boom next thing you know coronavirus everywhere that's not what the lab league people are actually talking about the act they actually want to talk about it being a chinese bioweapon that was intentionally unleashed on the world to shut down humanity and ruin donald trump's re-election chances cuz that's that's how you would fuck with donald trump is he's so powerful only a global pandemic could have brought donnie two scoops to his knees so that's the thing is that even if you were the most earnest like lab leak believer in the world and you really thought it was an accident from a lab, you are in bed with absolute conspiratorial lunatics who are still going on about this being a Chicom bioweapon. And it's like, no, like notice who your friends are, buddy. Notice who you're who's associating with you. Like if you're like I believe in this thing, and then you look around, and everyone else who believes in it is evil or Nazis or whatever, maybe you should be like, maybe maybe I shouldn't believe in this thing, or maybe if I want to believe in it, I should reassess a little and see why they're with me on this issue. Oh, Mike, you rosy-cheeked babe in the woods! In order for them to think that way, they would have to assume that Nazis are bad. <laughs> This is true. This is absolutely true. Because for you and I and most reasonable folks, if a Nazi says something, you're inclined to just be like, oh, well, what, what, why would I trust what you were saying? You are a Nazi. But there's a special class of people, and those people are sort of at the very least Nazi adjacent, and they think that maybe these Nazis have some pretty cool ideas. Those people are wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> yes. God. Oh, boy. Anyway, speaking of wrong, let's go to one of our wrongest states in the country. 
uh, <laughs> and uh, turn the mic over to our good friend Haley, uh, aka Arizona Right Wing Watch, for a segment which I have named Arizona Right Wing Watch. Look at me. I'm a clever guy. Haley, <laughs> what's been going on in your fine state? Um. Well, I'm here. A lot of stuff is going on here, but I'm, I'm here to talk about Carrie. <laughs> you know? Um, Carrie Lake, fan Carrie favorite. Lake, uh, fan favorite winner. queen of Arizona. Yeah. Um, she lost a while ago. Yeah. If you hadn't noticed. Right. So yeah. What is, the, what is the shadow governor up to now? Um. Well, yesterday she had a big um, prayer uh, meeting. Uh, because her case might get heard by the Supreme Court, they're they're debating if they'll hear her. The Arizona Supreme Court, uh, they're debating if they're going to hear her case challenging the election, uh, which has been shut down twice now, um, for having no evidence and being embarrassing. But she held a big prayer meeting yesterday, where like a couple hundred people showed up. Um, that's probably the video you saw going viral. Mike. Did God, did God show up? I don't think so because he's not been really answering her prayers. Mm. I <laughs> but mean, you never I, know. He works I, I feel, in mysterious I feel he ways. Probably doesn't answer a lot of them, right? We only hear about the ones he answers because people want to crow about it. Nobody wants to be like. <laughs> nobody wants to get, hold a new a press conference and be like, you know what? I prayed last night for some shit, and God did not deliver on his end of the bargain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That would probably only be no, news if the Pope did it. <laughs> then it would be probably <laughs> would care, it would hit a little different. Comes out of the balcony. He was just like, "Yeah, I really wanted, I really wanted to get the 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 new uh, the new Yeezys, and God didn't deliver. So we're breaking up now. <laughs> Satan is my new best friend. <laughs> that would be awesome if the Pope just was like, you know what? I don't even buy into this shit anymore. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> the, or or the, it, Pope, the Pope becoming a Satanist would be also be awesome." The Pope converting to Islam? Now that would be so, that would be spicy. That would be really good. <laughs> Lateral move, really. Yes. Other oh, yeah. than that, yep. That's a secret oh. for us. Anyway, that, none of that has anything to do with Carrie Lake. Well, I guess no. it's like God adjacent. And apparently, so is she. Yes. So I mean, God didn't show up. I'm assuming Jesus also a no show, and the skies didn't open up and sh- shaft a ray of light down upon her and put a crown on her head. So not yet. I'm assuming things are still looking pretty bad for her. Um, well, the Supreme Court is definitely not going to vote in her favor because there's no fucking evidence, but, um, it's kind of funny because there's some like pretty powerful Republicans on the Arizona Supreme Court who are like pretty friendly with the rest of the AZGOP. Um, and I seen some of them like warning Carrie, like you better not call them like frauds and uh, accuse them of being like you know part of the cabal when if you lose the case <laughs> if your case gets denied or if you lose like like a republican saying like tweeting that um which i thought was funny because she's definitely going to do that <laughs> that's the thing about these conspiracies that's the way all these conspiracies work because they only get bigger one because yeah. because the conspiracy theory is true that is like rule number one the conspiracy theory is real Carrie Lake got screwed by the 19-inch ballots and the polling places getting shut down and the, the mail-in ballots and the mules and anything else. So she got jobbed, period, point blank. That's a true statement. Anyone who denies this statement is part of the conspiracy against her. So when these buddy-buddy Republican judges tell her, look, 
We would love to rule in your favor, but you got fucking nothing, so we can't. <laughs> She's going to turn around and call them deep state shills and cabal fucking puppets and all that good stuff. She's never going to be like, oh, well, these well-reasoned, measured Republicans looked at my case on the merits and came up that I just didn't have the goods introspection is impossible for Carrie Lake. So she's never going to look at her case and be like, fuck, I didn't have enough goods. I, I didn't, I didn't bring, I didn't bring the, the documents. I didn't have the evidence. Unfortunate. She's about Better to learn the, the hard ass lesson that those crazy teen girls back during the Salem witch trials learned where if you're, if you have enough juice to point like a conspiracy gun at somebody and get them in trouble, you have to like toe the line of who you use it on. Because you you can't use it on anyone who's got more juice than you, but not so much juice that they can ignore you completely. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they have to look your way and you're antagonizing them, but they are stronger than you, they can crush you immediately. So you just sure. have to, like, not... You, you have to not accuse the judge or the judge's wife or whatever to of being a witch. Because at any moment, he's just like, no, we're <laughs> done here. We're good. And then it just shuts it down immediately. <laughs> Yep, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so if she, if she decides to spell her bullshit at the wrong person, like I'm assuming there are people out there that have enough power inside the Republican Party where they could just be like, hey, the new mandate is Carrie Lake who? And then in a year, we don't have to talk about her anymore. Wouldn't that be great? Until, that would be, until, she's, oh, sorry. until she's Trump's vice president pick and then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, or she's, uh, she's also considering a run for Senate for cinema seat. Oh God! Can she please be the new McSally who just loses race <laughs> after race for Republicans? I'd be so good. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know who McSally is, McSally actually was the person who lost to Cinema and then lost to Kelly, who then beat Blake Masters. So basically, she's just been the she's like basically the stand-in for a Republican a Republican loser candidate. If you just think Arizona losers, you think McSally. That's just the way it works. Wow, they probably shouldn't use that as their box quote or their like, campaign <laughs> slogan. When yes. you think loser, yes. <laughs> hey, it's that's what Lake's going to be soon. When you think loser, you think Lake. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering uh, if mean, she'll but, even get out of the Republican, like win the Republican primary in that because Mark Lamb has already announced he's the sheriff. He's a sheriff oh, here. Oh yeah, he's the sheriff nut guy. I remember him. Yeah, yeah he's a QAnon sheriff, uh, and people love him. The ladies are really horny for him. Because he's kind of buff and like you know, I don't know. <laughs> they think he's hot. Oh, that, that, that's one of my favorite things in QAnon is the casual misogyny against the JFK Jr. truthers. Because like Q, I don't know, I don't know why QAnon hates JFK Jr. so much being alive, but as they do. But I've just seen so many of them post stuff like, "Oh, the JFK Jr. people are just these bored housewives who wish you would bang them," and it's like you. You're the guys that are sitting there going, maybe AOC <laughs> is the secret white hat. Wouldn't that be cool? Because you've got a crush on her. But men who are attracted to women are okay. Women who are attracted to men are icky and gross. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they're probably not super fond of their feelings towards AOC because, you know, these misogynists are also racists. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. That's why they edit her to look like white. If you've seen that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming under the best of times. Like, I, I'm sure if you dig deep enough on True Social or whatever, you can find some real horrible shit in regards to all that that I don't want to think about because fuck those people. Yeah. yeah. 
so moving right along uh, and people that I wish I didn't have to think about, uh, let's talk about Ron DeSantis, I think, uh, is how that's pronounced. Or is it the Santos? No, that's not <laughs> great (laughs) that's the hot new pivot ron desantis is secretly uh illegal like trump get on it boom (laughs) that one's for free oh man uh that would be basically the only line of attack he hasn't taken against desantis recently so our boy uh who we're gonna be talking a lot about in the news in case you haven't noticed donald trump kind of making some headlines but our boy trump posted a message because DeSantis came out to say that he was not going to get involved in extradition between New York and Florida should there be a need to extradite Trump from Florida to New York to stand uh, to stand accused of his crimes. And Trump got all upset about this and started whining. And he was just like, oh, when they come after you, DeSantis, we'll see who stands up for you because they might go after you for, you know, being around like the wrong woman or man. And (laughs) people were like, oh, man, really? Trump's like going with the gay attack on DeSantis. And the funny thing was, is he posted this and then he like deleted it very quickly. And people were like, oh, man, so. I guess Trump just thought that was a bridge too far. But then he reposted it with the photo of DeSantis with the uh, high school or young college women and the implication that DeSantis was partying with underage girls. So Trump was not like, oh, man, I've I've crossed the line here. He's like, I didn't go far enough across the line. I need to make this even (laughs) spicier. I need to just hit DeSantis even harder with this underage woman or man attack that I've lined up because I really want to let people know to say this is maybe gay, possibly a pedophile and just an absolute piece of shit because he won't uh, prevent New York from extraditing me from Florida should they decide to do so. I love how Ron DeSantis seems like such a nobody for Donald Trump to be firing all, like every arrow in his quiver at him. He's a pedophile. He's <laughs> gay. Like, boo, boo. Like, we hate this guy. And then, oh, my God, I don't know if you saw the headlines, Mike and or Haley, but apparently on an interview with Piers Morgan, Ron DeSantis got pretty aggressive at Trump, saying something along the lines of, I think people should be truthful. Wow. What a savage beating. What an absolute <laughs> savaging. Fucking oh, clown got- shit. And any, any media outlet, I don't care how I don't, liberal, conservative, whatever, any news outlet that's out there trying to drum up fucking clicks by claiming that he, like, Ron DeSantis is unhinged. He's going after Trump. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, fuck the lot of you. He didn't say shit. All he said was that politicians should be truthful, which we've all always believed. And also, none of us expect. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I saw some people talking about DeSantis unloads on Trump. It's like, no, he didn't. DeSantis, it is so wild to me that DeSantis had built himself up as this brash, confident, swaggering, uh, big dick energy, just, I'm Ron DeSantis and I don't take shit from nobody. He had Jorge Masvidal, a UFC fighter, cutting campaign ads for him in Florida about what a tough fighter he is and how he keeps Florida free. And now he's finally in a real fight. He's finally in an actual battle with another like major Republican. And he is so milk toast. He is so weak. He just he doesn't have the gumption he needs in order to actually fight with Trump. And 
I, I don't know what he expects to happen here because Trump isn't going to, I mean, even if Trump gets indicted for everything, he's not going away. Trump is his opponent in these primaries. And the Republican Party is like, lo- it, it is locked into Trump. They're handcuffed together as handcuffed as Trump is about to be handcuffed by himself. But this idea that he could just run some sort of weird above the fray, I'm just a hardworking governor of Florida, putting Floridians first and doing my best for those people. And if the if the good people of America, out of the kindness of their hearts, would give me the honor of serving them as president, I will do my best. No, it's fuck you, Ron. It's not what Republicans want. You know what Republicans want. They want the Stop Woke Act. They want book burnings. They want all this bullshit. And in order to prove that you got the gumption to do it nationwide, you got to go at Trump. And he's absolutely incapable of doing it. He's completely gutless. And he had this really funny uh, post. I, I saw the thing of an uh, interview where he said that he was born in Tennessee, but his values are that of like Ohio and Pennsylvania and like the hard scrabble Midwest. And it's like, what, what, what does that even mean? Are you saying that Florida sucks? You're the governor of Florida. And you're like, I don't have Florida values. I have Ohio values. Good. Hey man, he's, he values trust in his politicians. So when he looks around Florida, he probably thinks, damn, this place fucking sucks. <laughs> Their governor's a lying piece of shit who does nothing but persecute people. He's an absolute scumbag. Who would vote for that guy? Oh, wait, it's me. I'm attacking me. He's harder on himself than he is on Trump. This is incredible. He's- and, 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 like, dear listener, if you happen to be in Florida and you're just like, man, they are really taking it to – they're taking it to our state like they take it to the Dakotas – then let me assure you, I know what it's like to be one of the cool people living in a place that has like a stigma about it that isn't necessarily wrong, like Boston or anywhere in the Midwest, so or the South for that matter. So uh, in Arizona, worry. yeah, <laughs> we have Arizona right wing watch on the show right now. We like, <laughs> don't worry, we get it. The moral of the story is that most states suck. True, true, that's true. Big facts. <sighs> I had a guy from Texas in the casino a, a couple of days ago, and he actually just declared the best state in America is Montana, which I thought was really mind blowing that a Texan would just give up on his own state. And he's like, you know, what's even better Montana because there's even nothing there. And it's just awesome. And I was like, OK, whatever you want, sir. You got it. Enjoy. Yeah. Your- yeah. I mean, I guess if you're into like sort of I mean, I could see how like if you're like a Texas person that styles himself after a cowboy, you'd like sort of like look sort of wistfully at Montana. I feel like Montana is probably the second the second state I would immediately associate with cowboys, which is weird just because it is. I do also associate it with nothingness. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like a great place. Like if you like planes, baby, or if you just want to like, you know, ride a horse someplace where there ain't nobody, but I've got a state for you, Montana. Yeah. Every state rocks in their own way. It's just their, every every state government is trash. That's That's mine. That's my opinion. <laughs> oh, even the Grand Canyon. You know, Arizona, yeah. Arizona's not so bad. You know, I can tan like three hundred days a year, but you know, we got Wendy Rogers. <laughs> yes, 
And uh, for those of you who don't know, Haley's natural skin tone is Trump's. She's actually just naturally orange. Yeah, I'm really orange. The the beautiful Arizona sun just baking her every day of her life. (laughs) Yeah, she looks like Duke Nukem. Not not, not the action hero one, but the one from Captain Planet and the Planeteers. (laughs) (laughs) I think he was based out of Phoenix. I think that's uh, the actual lore. So I think that's right. I think that that tracks. Let's go to the lore scoreboard. The lore board. <laughs> Is it canon? Bing! <laughs> great. Oh man, that's the ultimate nerd show that would get twenty viewers at most. So good. Contact me, dropout. I'll help host it and everything. I really just want to meet Brennan Lee Mulligan. <laughs> Call to action, listeners. Make that happen. If any of you have the juice, <laughs> let me l- uh, g- give me an opportunity to, to to stop doing the podcast by instead going to work for Dropout. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess it's time for us to get down to brass tacks. We, we can only avoid talking about our orange daddy for so long. So let's get to our news segment, shall we? From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's cues in the news. All right, folks, I'm just going to level with you. In our show notes here, I have this listed as Trump indictment waiting room, because that is sort of the situation we find ourselves in, uh, waiting to see if Donald Trump is finally going to get indicted by uh, the state of New York. And for more as to who, like why and who the players are, I'm going to toss it over to our buddy Mike Rains. Mike Rains, fill us in on what's going on with Trump possibly finally getting arrested. Okay, so the Attorney General Bragg, who is now the quote-unquote Soros-funded Attorney General of New York, True. he yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, that was the that was the that was the one sad thing DeSantis did in his whole press conference about extraditing <laughs> Trump was use the word Soros prompt uh, abrupt, like maybe like fifty times because. He just had to let everybody know that while I won't let I won't stop Trump from being cuffed and stuffed, I do want everyone to know that evil Jews are behind the plot to indict Trump. That is what is happening. So, yeah, and it's just really subtle, Ron, real subtle. But so uh, Bragg, puppet of George Soros, is in the process of indicting Trump, or so we think. Now, Trump was the one who blathered about how he was going to get indicted on Tuesday of this week, which now that people have actually been reviewing what's going on, seemed like it was kind of an impossibility because this grand jury meets on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. They don't actually meet on Tuesdays. So on a day they weren't going to meet, they were going to indict him. It seems very weird. So Basically, today they were meeting and then Bragg canceled today's meeting with the grand jury, but he told the jury to be on standby for tomorrow. So he may be presenting something to them tomorrow to begin the process of an indictment. And Fox News is freaking out right now and posting articles about how the Manhattan DA office is up in arms. They don't even know if this is a good thing to do or not. They're debating if the, the indictment will happen and have, have we mentioned what which one of the smorgasbord of crimes he committed he's finally getting indicted for yet so this in this indictment is the stormy daniels hush money payment this is the michael cohen who was trump's lawyer at the time uh took out a giant home equity lo- loan of like hundred and thirty thousand dollars, paid stormy daniels off with it and then they, they, uh, the Trump campaign 
wrote this off as some sort of campaign contribution, which was illegal bookkeeping. So they illegally paid a porn star to shut up about the sex she had with Trump and his tiny mushroom shaped penis, then wrote it down as a campaign finance thing. And there's also talk about how there may be witness tampering involved because someone may have gone to Cohen and been and told him, you say what we need you to say. And if you do that, we will give you a pardon. So this whole thing has nothing to do with the New York tax case that's going against Trump, which is moving forward in a civil lawsuit for a quarter of a billion dollars. And I believe that will start in October. So. We have that to look forward to. And also those tax charges may result in criminal penalties against Trump at some point in the future. But for now, New York has criminally pivoted away from the taxes and is now focused exclusively on the Stormy Daniels stuff. So does it seem like an actual so does it seem like indictment is imminent or could this all just be like end up being a huge nothing? I mean, there seems to be like a lot of heat around this one. Yeah, that's the thing is that this seems very much like it's going to happen. I kind of feel like the between what they've been doing with Cohen and the people that have been going before the jury, Trump just had his lawyer testify before the grand jury, um, which was that was what we talked about last week where Trump was offered and he was like, oh, uh, thanks, but no thanks. I will not be testifying before the grand jury. Thank you. But his his lawyer went before the grand jury and Trump was like, my lawyer destroyed Michael Cohen. He told everyone the truth and the truth is I did nothing wrong. It was a perfect hush money bribe to Stormy Daniels and everything's great and totally legal. And, and if I know anything law- about Trump's legal team, it's that typically they when, when they get grilled by somebody, they they destroy them. Uh, that much. I don't know if anyone else has seen any of the clips of all the recent interviews that have been happening with Trump's defense team or whatever. But man. Uh, crushing it, they have not been. <laughs> they, they have been getting actually bodied, and not the Piers Morgan, DeSantis, like coming after Trump way, but like the real actual journalist coming after somebody saying a bunch of wrong stuff way. <laughs> Those dudes get so sweaty so fast. Oh, yeah, you know, the, the guy that was reaching for the paper on CNN, he's like, let me see that, let me see the document. Yeah. Yeah, get, get, getting quartered in an argument with with facts, so you just like go after it like Gollum in the one ring. Ah! <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So now the other thing about all of this is is that while everyone's waiting for New York to potentially indict Trump, he's still on the hook for Georgia, which could happen at any moment now, and. When we move to our next topic in the headlines, he's also facing even spicier shit going on in federal court right now, which is not getting, which is not as close to the indictment event as New York, maybe, but it feels like what's going on in the federal court right now is much worse for Trump than just uh, indictment over the hush money with Stormy Daniels. And also, for the record, a lot of the hot heat coming off of this potential indictment comes from the man himself, who truthed out on uh, was it either Sunday or Monday, I believe, that he was just like, I'm going to be indicted on Tuesday, <laughs> y'all. And it's just like, uh, okay, breaking news from the Trumpster, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and it's people really trying to figure out why the fuck he did that. Was he trying to get in front of it? Was he trying to create a false deadline? So when it didn't happen, he could be like, look, 
didn't get indicted. They backed down. I win again. Go me. Like, like, why was he leaking the timetable for his own indictment? It was very confusing. I'm assuming to the QAnon crowd, it was 5D chess. Oh, you have no idea about, oh my <laughs> God, this shit with these people. Uh, they <laughs> have so quickly pivoted about this indictment. It is incredible. Every last one of them is just like, look at look the death. Look get indicted. What a masterstroke. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. That's that is them unironically saying that. They're just like, oh, the deep state is so flailing and desperate, so pathetic in their attempts to stop Trump that they'll do anything. That they're now indicting him on a bogus charge and it will backfire on them spectacularly, and he will win election in twenty twenty four in a landslide because the sheep are going to wake up. They're going to see the system being used in this unfair manner against their beloved former president. And oh man. People are going to be camping out for months in front of the polling stations to vote for Trump when the day comes. Because, boy, they're just going to be so, so angry about him being persecuted malevolently by the corrupt deep state. They've they've completely mapped out this alternate reality. Even our, even our boy Elon was like, oh, if they indict Trump, he's going to win in 2024. Totally going to happen. And. That's what they said about the Mar-a-Lago raid. When Mar-a-Lago got raided, everyone was like, oh, Republicans are going to win the midterms in a landslide now. And then, spoiler alert, they they did not. They they actually lost seats in the Senate. So uh, this is they this is how they cope with this stuff, that everything that's bad for them is actually secretly good, that the deep state has wandered into yet another trap, the one millionth trap they've wandered into. All right. Transitioning away from all the action that's happening in uh, New York, let's take a look at the the aforementioned Trump federal woes, because I have here at our, our headline uh, l- l- sheet, federal quote unquote bombshell. It's a pretty strong term, Mike. But, but, so I guess, I guess I'm waiting for it. I prepared. Drop the bomb on me. Okay. So the bomb is that the Jack Smith's federal prosecuting team went to a judge and they told the judge that Trump's lawyers in this case, when this has to do with the stolen documents, uh, Trump's lawyers in this case have to, uh, they have to testify about things that Trump did with these documents that they know about citing the uh, crime slash fraud exemption to attorney client privilege which basically means that if you're a attorney and you see your client, basically, let's say that your client just shoots somebody in front of you, you can't be like, oh no, attorney client privilege. We can't talk about that. No, it's like if you're, if your client like does a drug buy in front of you or tells you about the drug buy they did with evidence for it, you have to talk about it. And the judge in this case ruled that yes, what you've presented to me rises to the level of crime fraud exemption. And these lawyers are going to have to produce their evidence about these things that happen with the documents. And there is uh, the reporting indicates that there are handwritten notes and also audio tapes involving this uh, evidence involving what happened here that these lawyers are going to have to talk about. Dog, are you taking notes on a fucking criminal conspiracy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are we are actually in Stringer Bell world now, yes. 
Man, when you were talking about all that, it makes me want to. I want to find out if that, if the crime fraud exemption has always been on the books, and if not, I want to make a movie that's set before then. That's a scintillating thriller where somebody gets this attorney like to represent them, and then uh, abducts them and makes them watch all them do all sorts of horrible shit <laughs> that they have to keep quiet about just to torture them. That'd be insane. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me up, Del Toro. We'll get working on it together. It'll be great. Yeah. But yeah. like, we'll, we'll we'll get A twenty four involved. It's all about the A twenty four now. They're the bees knees and the cats. Uh, dude, I mean, they they are they are totally crushing it. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so so this 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 bombshell stuff. Like, have we has anything come out of this yet, or or like, are we just waiting the same sort of way that we are for Trump to be indicted for this to bear some sort of criminal fruit? Uh, we do have to wait for this to bear criminal fruit, but. The idea that a judge looked at the evidence that the Jack Smith team presented to him and the judge was like, oh, my God, like this rises to the level of criminality where a lawyer is going to have to like they're going to have to waive attorney client privilege to talk about this, that they have to do this. This that basically is basically indicating that a crime was committed because that's the only way you can get to this level of exemption. So I know that there's a bunch of lawyer, lawyer talk about how, oh, this meets this certain threshold, then you have to go to up to this threshold for an indictment, and then you're going to have to go to even higher threshold for a conviction. But to um, me, uh, the, the layperson, and I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know all this fancy legal talk, but that situation seems to be very much uh, it seems very much of the likelihood that Trump has done something very wrong and that his lawyer is going to have to admit to that. And this, like, I don't, I've heard people talk about the Stormy Daniels thing maybe being a misdemeanor. I've heard a lot of, like, whining about, this is a tiny crime. It's kind of meaningless because if they'd, if they'd gotten Hillary on a parking tip, ticket, the right wing would have actually had it thrown a, a parade. But this is the potential espionage, potential actual, like, treason shit where Trump was selling these documents to the highest bidder who were foreign nations, probably Saudi Arabia. So this is, this is the real crime. This is the actual, like just big boy shit that I think is going to be even hard. I, I know Republicans are going to bury their heads in the sand and so will QAnon, but I really, this is, this is the bad stuff that Trump's looking at, not the Stormy Daniels stuff. Well, that is sweet, and I am excited for that. But to be fair, I would go ahead and call that less of a bombshell and more of evidence suggesting there is a bomb. Fair, I can accept that. Like somebody has called in, and they're just like, "Yo, there is a bomb." This is this is like this is like the it has not exploded yet, but we have reason to suspect that there is a bomb. So hopefully uh, when it gets messy down the line, it'll get real messy and uh, we can continue to just talk about Donald Trump getting indicted for more crimes every week. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, We've we, we transitioned from being a talking about how badly Alex Jones is getting his ass paddled in court podcast to being a talking about how badly Donald Trump is getting his ass paddled in court podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, the judge, Judge Howell, quote, found that the prosecutor showed significant evidence that Trump intentionally concealed the existence of additional classified documents from his lawyers and that they put uh, 
Corcoran, I, I don't know how to say the guy's name, in, in an unwitting position to deceive the government. So basically, Trump lied to his lawyer and said, I don't got any more documents. And then the lawyer went to the federal, the, the feds and said, hey, Trump's good here. He's got no more documents. And then when the feds found the documents, they're like, wait a minute, Trump lied about not having these documents. And he lied to his lawyer about it. And this is something that Trump was known for, that he's a pathological liar, that he lies to everybody, and that in previous instances when Trump had lawyers, those lawyers would only meet him in pairs so that the lawyers could back each other up on Trump's lies. They never <laughs> wanted to meet Trump by the one-on-one -on -one because then it's he said versus he said or he said she said when Trump's like, oh, I didn't say that. I don't know what you're fucking talking about. So because lawyers know Trump is incredibly slippery and horribly corrupt, they now have developed anti-Trump corruption measures to try to prevent him from being able to get one over on them. They have to use the buddy system to avoid any sort of like criminal mix up when Donald Trump just lies to their face about stuff. Yes, that's that's where that's where they're at. That's where these lawyers are stuck with. They're like, we've got to bring in two people. One of them probably wearing a wire. The other one, like the the other one, like looking at making eye contact with Trump as they're taking notes in front of him. They're like, okay, Don. I'm hearing you. I'm writing down everything you're saying to me right now. And also talking to my buddy's lapel a little louder, please. So I mean, it's just like... I should have suspected something was amiss when they hired the law offices of Bananas and Pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God. There's your weird reference of the day. I have yeah, to do that's one. Good one. <laughs> I, 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 had to, I had to do one. Oh, and for, for our British listeners, Bananas and Pajamas. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to the uh, shout out to the pajamas crowd out there. I also prefer calling it Zed, but you know it's an uphill battle. So, like, uh, I'm sorry. I feel your struggle when you hear American English. I salute you, people in Britain. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's move on to our last news topic of the week, shall we? And that's going to be, of course, uh, Donald Trump related. He's not happy about all the stuff going down for him, but he's asking his exuberant fan base to rise up once again, having learned nothing from him doing the same thing ahead of January 6th, because why would he? Uh, but this time, uh, let's just say mixed results. Uh, and for this one, I'm going to go to Mike and Haley, Arizona Right Wing Watch, to discuss uh, Trump's limp protest powers. Uh, take it away, folks. Yes. So, Haley, uh, tell us about the protests in Arizona, the mighty protests in Arizona. I honestly think we had the biggest one. I was looking at protests elsewhere and it was like, I think we had the biggest one. <laughs> uh, even though it was only like five people during the day. <laughs> and it was so funny. It's It was like a group of like... Wow, only only 5,000 people showed up? Yeah, 5,000. <laughs> um, That's so crazy. But yeah, it was like a group of like retired three percenters, you know, just like old dudes retired who have nothing better to do but ignore their wives. But they were, like, tailgating in the Capitol parking lot, making, like, toast on buckets on, like, an open propane flame. <laughs> Which is so funny to me because there's a jack-in-the-box in that parking lot. <laughs> yeah, no, are, are you sure they weren't just homeless? <laughs> no, they weren't. They, were, they weren't home. They were, they were talking about how they were there for, the, for Trump. Oh, okay. They 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 were looking down the barrel of the camera and being like, "Yeah, we are here to support Donald Trump and are not homeless." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, would you like some propane toast? 
<laughs> That's literally what happened. Yes. And, and the reporters, I'm sure this is one, this is one of those things where like 20 Nazis go to a rally and like 75 reporters go there. So each Nazi gets like five reporters to talk to them. This, this is, is so what- accurate, Mike. You are so real for this. Like <laughs> literally the only people that showed up into the night were like legitimate. And I don't use this term lightly. Neo-Nazis. Um, B- base they, Mike. Let him cook. Let him cook. <laughs> Uh, and it's just like they're there to like recruit the five other dudes that are like there loyally, you know, because those are guys easy to recruit <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, yeah, get interviewed on the camera. But luckily, like nobody even gave a shit in Arizona. There was like one actual professional photographer there. But, oh, thank yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to I like to picture these like grizzled old white men uh, who from an outside perspective, may uh, look and or behave homeless, but are not. Uh, they probably have very nice mid-family homes or whatever with wives that they ignore. <laughs> they own small businesses, absolutely. Uh, Huddled around an open propane fire, cooking just cooking bread on it. Again, once like the behavior, it, they, they are not homeless. I, can't, I have to stress this. And the camera's just going around, and each of them are saying their piece about Donald Trump, and then eventually, like, like that 70s show style. And then eventually the camera spins around and it's just like an obvious neo-Nazi and like a fake beard. It's just like, yeah, and the shoes. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and then the bit ends with all the other guys sort of solidly like nodding their head, just being like, yeah. yeah. And Sounds it's just like, about- no, he's, he's obviously not one of you. And it would stop being anti-Semitic for no reason. <laughs> You're here to support Donald Trump and eat barely toasted bread. (laughs) (laughs) It is is really wild that – so Trump calls for these protests and nobody protests. Basically, I saw people posting on uh, the the Donald.win and all these other forums were like, we're going to build a human moat around (laughs) Mar-a-Lago and like they're going to have to murder like thousands of us to get to Donald, the God emperor. It's we're not going to take it lying down and smash cut to like five guys in front of in Arizona, two guys in front of Trump tower in New York. Just. Yeah. I believe, I believe I was seeing reporting uh, that there was more media at the protest in New York than there were protesters (laughs) at the protest in New York. Right. Exactly. That's what I was saying about the 20 Nazis and 75 reporters. That's the thing that happens to these things all the time where the idiot tries to start unrest, media flock to witness the unrest. The unrest actually doesn't happen. Okay. Well, so this begs the question, why? Why this time when Trump called for his people to rise up, why did it fail? Do we think that this is like one of the... Do we think that this is maybe like a like a term that like maybe this is like an indication that he is losing his juice? Well, the first thing I think is that there's no actual sort of belief that anything could happen here. That protesting against these indictments like achieves nothing because Trump is going to be indicted. Nobody thinks they're going to spark a like second civil war sort of scenario where we back the New York the New York uh, police or the feds or whoever we back them down and we make Trump above the law. Whereas on January 6th, these dum-dums actually did think they could stop certification, that they could prevent Biden from becoming officially president-elect of the United States. 
having the Electoral College certify his victory. They thought they could do something to keep Trump in power and that this was an actual historical event where that could be done. Whereas now there's that juice doesn't exist. And also I saw an unbelievable number of QAnon believers that were just sitting there saying, you know, Trump's telling you to protest, but you can just make some memes. You can just hang out on the internet. We're all protesting in our own special way. So don't, don't throw your back out. Don't, don't do anything crazy. So uh, people are so worried about getting arrested after January 6th and that anything like this is a honeypot or a trap or some sort of trick. So there was a lot of reticence against doing stuff like this. And I saw some QAnon promoters being like, if they, if you won't accept your constitutional right of freedom of assembly, you've already let the deep state win. You need to, you need to rise up. You need to fight. And a lot of people were like, yeah, the Q shaman fought and then he got three years. I, I ain't doing fucking three years. Fuck that. So I, I really do feel like a lot of people are very snake bit after January 6th. And then there were other people like, well, don't bust down any windows or knock over any doors the way we got tricked last time. I love that they talk about they were tricked. <laughs> we were, I was tricked into punching a cop on January 6th. You know, you know, you just know how you do those Antifa people get in your head that Mike Pence is fucking over Trump and Biden's going to win the election. And the next thing you know, you just can't help yourself. You're just duking it out with law enforcement. It's You're like, yeah, I wish I wasn't doing this either, buddy. But I'm, I'm very bamboozled. Yeah, I'm, I've been hoodwinked. And the only way I can react to being hoodwinked is to slug law enforcement in the head. That's just how this works. And now that I've knocked you over, Mr. Police Officer, I'm going to grab your riot shield and break down a window in the Capitol building so I can enter it. And I've been tricked into doing all these things. Those wily Antifa, deep state Soros operatives have tricked me into my like homicidal rage that I am currently invoking right now. All a trick. Okay, so Donald Trump's armchair call to action got an armchair action response, which is to say people posting memes instead of actually protesting. Do we think the reaction would have been, or possibly the future still can be, different if he were to call for action in the middle of a perp walk in front of a swarm of media cameras the 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 way you know he wants that is possible and there's been reporting today that Trump wants to be perp walked that Trump literally wants to get cuffed walk in front of cameras with while handcuffed like to just get attention on himself and that he has even uh, gone to the dark place that he might get Oswalded, that he during his perp walk, someone might shoot him. And oh, that- please. I did, sorry, <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> That's saying it. Haley's request for Trump. No, no. <laughs> fine, fine, wow. whatever. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, yeah. like that, that, that's a weird thing to fetishize about, right? To just be like, oh yeah, like it's just like, yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna totally, I'm gonna do the perp walk and it's gonna be great. I get to say my piece in front of all those cameras and you know, if I happen to get assassinated, pretty good. But you know, whatever. <laughs> that's just like a weird. To be martyred. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, like, 
does is his cause strong enough to succeed without him? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like does he ha- like for all the juice that he has surprised us with? I don't think he has a martyrdom level of juice. I don't think that there's somebody like like I I it would certainly get sticky there for a while, but I think at some point like Republicans themselves would just be like, all right, goobers, like we can't actually do a civil war, you lunatics, calm down. <laughs> I think that I I think that for QAnon and for like the fringe, a Trump martyrdom is like the best thing that could possibly happen to them because they would just turn him into the next Kennedy. He would. Oh yeah, he he would he would be coming back in ten years. They'd be like, oh my god, like whatever. Like look, we found him. He's he was in a cafe in France the whole time. <laughs> we never would have suspected him to go to such a weak country, but there that that that's why he's a genius. Five D chess is back, baby. Oh yeah, absolutely. He'd be the new Bigfoot. I mean, that's. But for like mainstream republic, actually, Trump's death is the best of both. Is is best for everyone. It's the best of both worlds. <laughs> mainstream Republicans get to deny him and denounce him and be like, "Oh, we're never doing that crazy shit again." Oh, he's dead, and we're happy. And QAnon gets to have a martyr. So everyone wins if Donnie Two Scoops drops dead. Everyone's... What about but what about us liberals? What do we get out of the deal? <laughs> dead Trump. We, we get dead Trump also. He's dead. I, I, I'll, <laughs> I will also accept dead Trump. Uh, for the for the record, this is a comedy show. Certainly, none of us <laughs> are wishing death on Donald no, Trump. No, that would just, be irresponsible. That would be, that would be the reward. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know what the the the, the, re- the real death of Donald Trump was the friends we made along the way. Am I right, guys? Yes. <laughs> I want to go to the funerals when Donald Trump dies so bad. You know? Are you going to press X to pay some respects? Oh, no. <laughs> that, would be, that would be a pretty funny sign to sneak into the Donald Trump funeral. Oh, my oh, God, yeah. it would be. Oh, man. God, press press F for respect. Let's do this, uh, man. Yeah, Let, it's a shame. Yeah. Just, just kidding, Trump. We love you. Please live forever or, or whatever. <laughs> or or, or whatever I legally have to say after those spicy jokes. Yes. Uh, let me confer with our lawyers. Okay, I think we're absolved. <laughs> we, we're absolutely totally in the clear here. Yeah. Nailed uh, it. Comedy yeah. show again. Yeah. Sa- sa- satire, etc. Yeah. First Amendment, free speech, free free speech. Or a hey. come and take it. Sorry. More no. <laughs> <laughs> It is just. The, I, I just really think it's like funny because Trump is such a whiny baby about everything. Yet, even in his darkest moment, he thinks to himself, you know what? A perp walk would get on the news. I would be on the news. Wouldn't that be great? It's going to be his campaign I, shirt. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah like, I'm going to get one. Yeah, Donald Trump is more is like surprisingly more like Jenna Maroney than any of us ever would have su- suspected. Like He seems like he will probably do just about anything to get in front of cameras, apparently in his own mind, possibly getting assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be great? He said like, and, and I mean, Hey, if if you have to go out like that, I guess being in front of a bunch of cameras might like for some people would be appealing. I've often <laughs> said that I would much rather be killed by like a tornado than like a heart attack or whatever, because at least then when somebody is just like, Hey, what happened to Elps? They could be like, yo, tornado. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you shitting me? Yeah. That that, <laughs> that 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 dude got thrown 200 feet in the air. It was it was ridiculous. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, so let's go ahead and move on to our wonderful listener mailbag for the week. Our listeners got questions. We got answers. It's time for Q and A. So uh, DR initially uh, opens up the mailbag by asking, how much longer till QAnon starts to love China now that they are backing Russia? Uh, QAnon has no idea what their opinion on China is. China is both bad and good at all times. China is both the villain and the hero. Uh, I've heard people say that Xi Jinping is destroying the Chinese Communist Party when he is the leader of it and he controls the Chinese Communist Party. And he is used 5D chess, baby. He's destroying it from the inside out. Within, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Much like a virus. You see? (laughs) Dude. I think I found the sixth D. (laughs) I just... Oh man, Trump's even like uh, Trump has been. He's there is no greater comedy in this world than the weird Trump videos he posts on Truth Social all the time now, and the lighting is getting darker in every video, <laughs> and his like his makeup is getting darker and more blotchy. He's gone from orange to brown. Give it two more months, and he's going to be an actual blackface, and people are going to have to have a really uncomfortable conversation about that. Because, <laughs> I mean, his bronzer is getting really weird. But he had one of his videos where he was just like the China flu, the Kung flu, that killed millions of people. China is going to have to pay bigly for what they've done. I don't know how, but they will. And he's that. And he's. It, Everything he says now is very sing-songy. His cadence is very stilted. And they're not editing. Like, they only edit jump cuts in these videos. Because, like, sometimes they'll do camera one, camera two, where it'll be, like, full-on shot and then, like, a quarter-face shot. And when he just fucking gets off script too badly, they'll do, like, that jump cut from one to the other. But the videos where it's just two minutes of him just directed the camera with no camera two... The asides he does are so bizarre. He'll be like, China did this thing, and it was a very bad thing. Very bad. So, so unacceptable what China did, but but they'll pay. And then he he slowly reins himself back into the teleprompter. And it's just like, holy shit, this guy. How these people think he's going to last a year campaigning while under indictment. Oh, boy. His brain's already tapioca. You you add in all the stress and the stress eating he's going to do. That dude's going to be like three and a half bills in no time flat, but um, th- like their story of China is super nuts because they did coronavirus to cost Trump the election, but they're also working with Russia to topple America and America's bad. So if you're looking for internal consistency in QAnon about China, you're never going to find it. Never, not once, because they don't know what they're talking about. They're just... They're goldfish. They're just goldfish. And whatever happens today is good. Like today, China is allying with Russia. Yay. Tomorrow, someone's going to have a lab leak story. China bad. Boo. Yeah, they're, they're, they're wearing their American military uniform, but a Chinese military form under that, just in case. They're, yes. They're just, they're just double, they're double dipping. So that way they can play both sides. Oh, it's, they it's love ridiculous. playing both sides. They just they 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 love just have, giving themselves an out to always be right, even when they're never right. Yes, that's how it works. China China is the good bad, and Xi is a white hat deep state operative. So just that's just how it works. And definitely not Winnie the Pooh. Definitely not Winnie the Pooh is backed by Soros. Just want you to know that. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh is definitely <clears throat> deep state for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, Plato's Pizza Party. What do Q folks think about Ivanka deciding not to support her father's reelection campaign? Guessing crickets, but wondering if there's been bothered to bring it up in any capacity. You were right. You answered your own question. Total silence. I have Ivanka is absolutely uh, just like a, a heretic. We do not speak of her. Her name is anathema. Um, I mean, to, to be fair, like that's probably for the best. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'm certainly not a fan of anyone in Trump's orbit, but you know, the, the people that are smart enough to get away from him now, like probably pretty good. Like, so uh, you know, regardless of what, how how QAnon feels on the issue, which I guess is no way. Maybe they're just happy. Maybe they're just happy for her getting away from it all. They're just like, yeah. They're just looking and like slowly clapping. Well, I mean, the thing is that she's always been kind of the bad child of the Trump kids because they love Trump Jr. They love Eric. Ivanka converted to Judaism for her husband who is Jewish. So there's always been that level of sort of dissonance with uh, QAnon when it comes to her, because that's the bad religion. And you're not, we don't talk about that unless we're the anti-Semite QAnoners, but yeah. Camera pans around guy in fake beard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Am I right? Yes, huh. absolutely. How oh, are you that was, getting in here? <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments ever was I was arguing with Awakened Outlaw, who is one of the QAnon promoters who's not an anti-Semite. And I just brought up, I'm like, yo, bro, you hang out with lots of vicious anti-Semites. The guy was like, I'm not an anti-Semite. And then uh, another QAnon promoter jumped in and was like, I am. I'm a crazy anti-Semite and damn proud. And then I was like, look, hey, outlaw, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? And he, t- he did not reply. He did not reply to the guy who was just like, I hate Jews and I don't care who knows it. That's my defining feature of my life is my blind hatred of a group of people for no reason. And it was just like, ooh. Uh, Sarge, Sarge was picking a fight with somebody who was uh, white facing some uh, uh, black representation and magic artwork on Twitter. It was great. <laughs> That, that, that guy with that guy was just like, yep, you know what? I'm sick and tired of all you people that are complaining about the blackface, whatever. I'm going to do what I want because the Lord of the Rings is pure and I love it or whatever. So uh, good on Sarge for getting in there and, and, and dunking on uh, losers on Twitter. Yeah. You might not be here recording the pod with us, sir, but I am going to salute you anyway for your good work uh, going after racists on the Internet. Fuck those clowns. Yes. Uh, Essential Corp has a question very near and dear to my heart. What are your experiences with escape rooms? Uh, I've done a handful of them and uh, generally like them. I mean, I haven't been back to one post the Rona. So uh, I don't know if it hits different now. But at the time, it was like, you know, right when they started to get popular, they were a lot of fun. I I loved poking around in the ones that I did. Uh, the best one I went to, unfortunately, had like the rooms that they had available were great and very well themed, well executed, like smart puzzles and stuff. But at the expense of the turnaround on those rooms being incredibly low to the point where like I did all of their rooms, it was just like, okay, I'll come back when you get some new ones. And they just never did. So, <laughs> uh, Haley, have you done any escape rooms? I have never done escape rooms like irl i've done like those old game ones but 
this weekend I was like wandering around downtown and like a bunch of people were dressed as Smurfs and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, there was like an out, like the whole section of the city that they were walking around was like a big escape room that they were trying to solve the puzzle of or something. Okay. So there's this group there is, I've, I've done the outdoor escape room thing and it's basically kind of a, it's kind of like a scavenger hunt where your phone directs you around and you interview witnesses and you solve riddles. Those witnesses give you and you unlock clues to solve the murder over the course of time. And the problem with that game is that the turn, what, what L said about the rooms that he did, the turnaround and the play of those um, outdoor escape rooms is very bizarre because the company that runs them is like, hey, play the escape room in Boston this weekend. And we're like, okay. And they're like, oh, I missed it. When can I do it again? They're like, four months from now. It's like, <laughs> why? It's an app on your phone. You can do it whenever. So, um, Call to action for our listeners. If anyone can design an app for this kind of ARG kind of thing, uh, talk to me because here is the billion dollar idea. We just designed this thing and we run it exclusively in Salem, Massachusetts, and you, we let you, you play it every weekend of October. And we just like give you a million dollars because we just lure all the tourists in the Salem. They play our ARG escape room in Salem and they're rich. And then we don't, and then we revamp it every year. We just run a different one every October in Salem. And if we need to take it nationwide later, we will. If not, we'll just collect all our money from all the people that just go to, to the witch city because Lord knows it's the craziest tourism hub in the universe for one month a year. And good on them for being so. Dude, you but, have uh, to hear about that fine line I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Look at us. Look, look, look at us talking about historical Salem, Massachusetts, a bunch on this week's podcast. Yes. <laughs> so topical, considering yeah. we are I th- like just about as far out from Halloween as one could expect. Like, yes. like if you were looking at a calendar... Like with the months side by side, we'd probably be pretty close to being like, like directly opposite the globe, so to speak, from October. <laughs> yes. Uh, as for actual escape rooms, I've done a trillion of them. I love escape <laughs> rooms. Um, I think the funniest thing that ever happened to me with escape rooms was the incredibly bad one I did one time because me and my escape room team that I do these with, we are addicts. And if we can do like seven in a day, we will. And we did. And then we found there was an, and then we found there was an escape room like a half hour away from where the places where we did the seven, and we were like, "Fuck it, let's do an eighth. So we drove to it, we went to it, and our brains were totally fried. We were <laughs> making mistakes. We were drunk missing, on escape room. We basically were drunk on escape rooms. We had an escape room burnout. We absolutely did. But we were making all these mistakes. We missed really obvious places. Like, oh look, there's a there's a there's a mouse hole on the floor, and if you reach in, there's a key. It's like, why didn't we do that 15 minutes ago? And we were just screwing up, and we were making all these mistakes. And if you don't know how an escape room generally works, you have an hour. You have an hour to beat the room. If you if you complete the room in an hour, you win. If you don't, you lose. So we had made every mistake we possibly could. And at the 30-minute mark, we solved these puzzles and got this key for this door. And we were like, okay, we're going to put this key in this door and we're going to open it. And it's going to take us into the second room that we got to complete to win the game. We put the key in the door. We opened it. We walked out. And the guy was like, you win. And we were like, we beat that room in a half hour and we were fucking terrible the whole way. 
Who who is challenged by this room? You're just stealing money. Get fucked, idiot. I mean, it was like the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> where we were so frustrated with how bad we were playing, and we won in a half hour. And it was like, no, we're not that good. This room is actually that bad. So that was, it was, it was funny because like I've had a bunch of really excellent rooms I could talk about, but that room was inspired in its awfulness. It was <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Oh yeah, so that was a it was a magical uh, thing. Uh, so uh, Ken, uh, oh, geez, I'm so sorry, Ken. You you've told me how to spell your last name, but say your last name. Ken Stanchik uh, says uh, favorite vacation destination, and uh, Freddie Potatoes this week is wearing a Flor- a Florida shirt with a lay over over him as a good doggo would. So, uh, what are your favorite uh, vacation destinations? I've never really taken a vacation, like a traditional vacation, I guess, like a family vacation or whatever. I've never gone to like Hawaii or like the Caribbean or, you know, uh, even over to like Europe, like a bunch of my friends have done like European vacations. Um, I don't know. I go to MAGFest every year. I, I love going to MAGFest. That, 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 that's always usually a pretty, a pretty good scene. So shout out to MAGFest and my, my DGENs that do that every year, just like I do. Like always, always look forward to it. I think it's going to be my tenth year this upcoming year, so we're gonna to have to we're gonna to have to do a blowout and think about making some customizable collectible ribbons because there's like a like a hot ribbon black market trades like like collecting <laughs> like like undercurrent throughout Magfest. It's great. Yeah. So, what about you, Haley? Where do you vacation? Um, I also don't vacation because that costs money. <laughs> <laughs> Most Arizonans just go to Vegas or uh, Mexico or California. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I do w- like New York, though. I went once to New York, and that was the best vacation I ever had. But I'll never probably be able to go back because, you know, money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to New York a couple times for because New York had this longstanding weird th- it, 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 to get into the conspiracy theory about why New York did not legalize MMA and the UFC is like that could be a podcast in its own it's a very funny story but i went to you i went to two ufc cards at madison square garden it was a lot of fun the garden's awesome i recommend it but i would say probably my favorite vacation would be vegas because i lived there out there for five years and getting to go back to my old stomping grounds see some of my friends do all that kind of stuff and it's vegas so it's cool so yeah we should meet next time you go i'll drive there it only takes like four or five hours to get there if you're fast Uh, oh, jeez. So, yeah, um, <laughs> we, we, maybe we'll, we'll – that'll be our, our plan. Uh, this this football season, the Patriots are playing the Raiders in Vegas. So oh. we, we might try to do like a Hell World like event for that game. We can okay. Try to, yeah, do that. So that'll be, that'll be the plan. So sometime this fall, we'll set that up. Hell yes. Yes. Okay, so the, for, for all three listeners that would want to show up for this, much like a Trump protest <laughs> – you can be a part of our, our our Las Vegas adventure. The alternative would also be to uh, the Patriots are playing the Cowboys, so we could go to Dallas and I could bore everyone to tears talking about going to Daily Plaza and pointing out all the things that happened oh, when Kennedy yeah. got shot. No, yeah. dude, you could point out the sewer grate or whatever. Yes, I could point out the storm <laughs> drain. Absolutely, God, I can show you how there's no fucking way that could have happened. It'd be awesome. Yes, we'll record you and we'll, it'll be a live uh, uh, Hell World episode. You know, like oh. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 M- M- Mike and Daily Plaza that we, we, we'll make a YouTube video for it. Yeah. 
Boom. And then and then now that we're talking about it so early, you can start fantasizing about being assassinated now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I can I can fantasize about standing on the X and, and the street and getting my head blown off. <laughs> becoming, becoming a martyr. Oh god, my martyrdom on YouTube for everyone to see. <laughs> As a, well, what would actually probably happen is I would go to Daily Plaza, start doing stuff, and then one of negative 48's lunatics would come out and beat me up. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh no, it's happening! But my martyrdom is having this, like, doughy 50-year-old punch me a bunch. <laughs> What's really funny is I... Karma was asking me for locations in Dallas to post as her location to screw with negative 48's cult. And I told her to put in a location, and she did. And some guy went to that location to try to find out what the connection to the Kennedy assassination was. <laughs> so he actually got informed. I was actually educating Negative 48's cult via karma location messages. We'll get a karma cutout and uh, bring it with us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like the John John doll. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, our trip to Dallas is gonna be lit. <laughs> this is all happening. Um, so uh, Pancake Peasant asks, "Why don't we hear more Space Force conspiracies from QAnon? Most folks get excited about space because it's cool as hell, and Trump can claim a real responsibility. Space Force in the QAnon lore is more of an anti-election fraud unit. Like they were monitoring the satellites and they got all the data from the chatter from the international conspiracy that was that was used to flip the votes to screw Trump over. So uh, Space Force actually communicating with the Greys and the Palladians and all that kind of stuff. Not so much. They're not really into that. They're more into just Space Force being like a alternate intelligence arm fighting for Trump against the deep state. Because originally in QAnon lore, the NSA was good and the CIA was bad. So like Space Force is like NSA 2.0, the space NSA. Yeah. Uh, but the it, it does it have anything to do with the fact that despite how cool... Like, look, I know space is cool. There's a ton of cool stuff going on in space. But as it pertains to the space directly surrounding our planet, the Space Force has nothing to do. Like, literally, they do fuck all. Like, there's no combat in space. Like, they're not up there, like, putting up, like, like platforms or whatever. They're not helping us get to the moon to, for a construction. They're not doing shit. As far as we know, they just kind of, like have uniforms and a logo and they just sort of look like Starfleet, but are legally distinct from Starfleet. And that's that. So like, I, I will give the QAnon crowd some credit for not talking about space force because they're worthless. And uh, when they start doing stuff, then we can be confused as to why they might not be talking about them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Space force was basically just a branch of the air force. And then Trump was like a lunatic. and was like, I want them to be separate and an independent unit that I get credit for because I'm a baby and I want credit for something. And then the military was like, you're the commander in chief. If you sign a piece of paper saying you want space force, you get space force. And he's like, yeah, space force. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> I mean, look, I would, I would love to wake up like four years from now with the alternate reality where Trump gets reelected, despite the fact that he had to do it from a prison cell. And then he funnels a ton of money into space force and he reverses the U S's like playing ball 
on every world policy as it pertains to space being for everyone and not claimable. And he's going to be like, fuck all that shit. I, President Donald Trump, uh, declare that tr- that space is America and the moon is also America. And uh, uh, we have Space Force <laughs> in fighter in fighter spacecraft to <laughs> defend uh, to defend our claim to space and the moon. <laughs> they just we just put we actually do the Ronald Reagan Star Wars thing. We actually just put lasers on the moon to shoot down nukes other nations would try to fire at us. And we're like, what are you gonna fucking do about it? We got the moon space station zapping your nukes. We own you now. It's like, oh no. Oh yeah, it, it would be great. It would be great for it would be great for me to live in the in the future where we need a mighty space force. Yeah, I'm like I can't stop chuckling just thinking about it. <laughs> just the idea that we've got like it's it's a very toyetic idea. You can imagine the the like the the ability to market how cool the U.S. spaceships look. Oh, look at this fighter spaceship! Pew pew! Take that, China! The moon belongs <laughs> to us. Action! Look, lunar playset. And so, uh, finally, a guy who has a, uh, like, I don't know, chart emoji, man emoji, hourglass emoji, beer emoji, uh, asks, um, is a, could a divorce between blue and red states actually happen in the U.S., and might it even be inevitable? Uh, The answer is no and no. Uh, We are stuck with each other at the moment. Um, Friend. Friends, um, the red states really don't understand how much money we blue states prop them up with. Uh, if California and New York were like, you know what? Fuck you guys. We're independent territories. Uh, suddenly, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and a bunch of other red states would be feeling a real pinch, not having those uh, blue tax dollars flowing into their coffers. Um, we're all... We're together. I mean, the idea of a civil war is very bizarre because as much as people are just like, I'm from this state and I'm proud of it. People really don't understand the crippling sectionalism of America during the Civil War, where people were like, Virginia is my home country. Like, I am a Virginian first and an American second. Like, that doesn't exist in America now. Like, no one – I'm not going to die for Rhode Island. Like, no one's like, ah, my state is so good. I'm going to shed blood for it. Like, way to go, Connecticut. Let's do this. And Massachusetts, yay, Massachusetts, whatever. Like, if someone told me – I mean, Texans would probably do that horse. Oh, they would. Because yeah. Texans hate being Americans. Oh, yeah. I've seen people talking about Texas going to secede from the Union. It's like, do it. Please, let's let's carve those 40 electoral votes out of America from Texas and see a Republican ever win the presidency ever again. Please leave. Please leave and take your madness away from us. And uh, you'll be begging to come back in a few years and Republicans will be begging. Wait, no, Texas, come back. We need you. We're, we're, we're not nationally viable without you. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I mean, like, but we have our own power grid. That Yeah, that works great. I can't wait for the rolling blackouts in the summer when that happens and then for everything to freeze in the winter. So, yeah. We're it's never like, going to get popular if we keep alienating every state. <laughs> Oh come on, we can do it. I believe in us. We'll we'll find it. We'll find some people. Or we have to we have to make sure to hit all fifty. Yes, we just hate we we hate all states, and we. You're next, Illinois. Yes, (laughs) 
Court, you're going down. I mean, but for all the other states, remember, at least we want you to remain states. Hashtag one Dakota. That's right, Dakotas. You don't deserve to be two. You should be one. And, and even that's being generous. Yeah. Don't think you're safe, like Dakota, like states that are adjacent to Dakota. We see you. Yeah. We're going to smash you all together going to be we're going to make you one incredible state it just depends on how you spin it market marketing is a lot you know (laughs) we'll talk to the people at the coca-cola company to teach us how to properly market this idea of the one dakota and just be like look right now you're a bunch of states that nobody really cares about but together you could be a powerful mighty state (laughs) yes exactly that's the dream we're just gonna we're just gonna take all we're just gonna take all these states we're gonna take wyoming montana nebraska north and south dakota all of you boom you're just one state now you're just greater nebraska because nebraska has the best branding out of all of you (laughs) that's just how this works now yeah hashtag one nebraska (laughs) yes one nebraska that's the dream now That's going to be our first bit of Hell World swag. It's just a, a map of the United States with those states just smashed together as one. I, I love how I love how Nebraska is the state that we're probably like like you know ruining the least in terms of what we're talking about. Just because it's like no matter what sort of bad stuff we say about them, at the end of the day, we're we're giving them a lot of land. We're just like yes. go to Nebraska. This is all for you. Yep, boom. You get all this. It's all yours now. You're the, man, the governor of Nebraska, practically a warlord, practically the governor of half of America at this point. And you still have about one fifth the population of California, if you're lucky. Yeah, I was about to say, like, and, and a massive influx of Nebraskans, uh, 500, maybe 600,000 of them who, what a, what a huge deluge. Yes. <laughs> and as always, our final question of the week is what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, oh, geez, I don't actually have anything like specifically going on that I'm too fired up about. So I guess I'll say that I, I'm marginally excited about this D&D movie that's happening uh, just because like it's getting uh, some positive buzz from the pre-release screenings. And they've been like actually, uh, I guess, screening it for just like general audiences, which is usually indicative of them being pretty confident in the product they're cranking out. I'm not expecting it to be a masterpiece or anything, but I do love going to a cinematic experience where I get to turn my brain off. Uh, so I, as long as it is sort of like fa- the Fast and the Furious, but in a fantasy land, I will be fine. I want to see them drift, drift racing horses. <laughs> That's, I'm here for the Tokyo Drift or whatever plane of uh, reality they drift horses on in 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 D and D. Yeah, fa- fa- Fast and Furious, Faerun Drift. There we go. <laughs> yes. How about uh, you, so- Haley? What, what are you fired up about? Also, similarly, not much going on. It's been raining, um, which means... Men? Hallelujah! Well, yeah! <laughs> um, but that means there'll be some nice wildflowers out, so I just, I'm looking forward to walking around and looking at some flowers. Ha! That that was not where I was expecting that to go. I'm not gonna oh, lie. So. <laughs> that 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 it is incredibly wholesome in a way that we don't usually get on our show. <laughs> it, has, it has nothing to do with a screen of any kind. Arizona rarely rains, so it's like, oh, rain, nice. 
wow, this is a, uh, that's like the uh, the yearly dusting of snow that we got in Nevada. And people <laughs> were like, oh my god, what do we do? Ah, the world's ending. The, why is the evil white stuff falling from the heavens? No, nobody can drive in Arizona when it rains. It's wild. Oh god, <laughs> I cannot imagine it. Oh, um, in, in New England, everybody forgets how to drive in the snow immediately as soon as the snow goes away. <laughs> they yep. just get neuralized. Yes. Uh, the, the first snowstorm every year in Massachusetts is just nothing but pileup after pileup. <laughs> it's like, we did this last year. How are we doing it again? And it's just, just what happens. New year, new new snowstorm, new freak out. Just guaranteed. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, my retirement from sports betting until football season kicks in uh, because Massachusetts decided that literally if you had two legs and a pulse, you were getting an online sports book. And I have basically milked all of them for all the free bets I could get. And I'm up a few hundred dollars at the end of the thing. But now all my free money offers are gone. And if you try to bet baseball or basketball or any sport where there's just a million games a day, you are a sucker and you will get killed because it's really hard to predict those things. And um, the big problem is, is that you just get into the into the need for action for a sweat so it's like you might study some early game like and know it and then you guess it right and you win and then you're like oh now i got an extra hundred bucks in my pocket oh there's a game on oh i'll bet it and it's just that mentality that just keeps you in the game and it's like no you gotta you gotta quit you gotta win and leave and so um, thank you, literally every online sports book in the universe for your generous uh, free money offers that you've given me. But I will see you all later during football season. So uh, good, day. <laughs> good day to all of you. So that is what I am enjoying. Wonderful. Uh, as always, you can rely on Mike to be excited for some degenerate gambling action. <laughs> As we would expect from poker politics, the show is about politics, but every once in a while we'll, we'll get a little bit, a little bit of that poker vibe in there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you know, and thank you uh, to Haley, aka Arizona Right Wig Watch, for filling in for Sarge once again. Uh, because Sarge, uh, something, something, joke about Adrenochrome or whatever. I don't actually know what Sarge is up to this time around. I think it might just be sick, classic style sick. Uh, mm. it must be, must be another lab leak. Am I right, guys? I got uh, him. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I unfortunately not ironically and unintentionally said, am I right, guys? I started picturing the dude with the beard again and I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but yes, thank you again, listeners, for, uh, supporting the show by listening to it. If you'd like to continue to support the show or do so even harder, but still for free, you can give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. If you have money and you want to give it to us, we will be happy to take it. You can visit patreon.com slash pokerpolitics and donate to us. Anybody who donates $5 or more per month gets access to all of our bonus content when we produce it. Uh, luckily, despite our lull recently, there's still a big back catalog for new fans to enjoy. Uh, so if you want to become a beautiful baby, sign up and you can get access to 40 plus hours of bonus content, including all of our various series where we dissect Q pop media. Uh, thank you, or not thank you. If you have money and you want to give it to a good cause, you could donate it to love146.org. I guess thank you for being the cause we've chosen to support. Uh, they're an organization whose vision is the end of child trafficking and exploitation, and that's always sounded pretty sweet to us. 
Thank you to DJ Minimal Effort. You can see how I got a little bit ahead of my script there for use of our intro song. Still no social media for them. Thank you as always to Frosty, who you can find on Twitter at FrostyVO. He's, of course, uh, the voice of all of our bumps and Q when we need it. You can find the show on Twitter at HellWorld with a Q instead of an O. You can find myself on Twitter at HellWorldL, spelled the same way. Sarge is on Twitter at SargeNHell. Mike is, of course, at PokerPolitics. And Haley is at underscore, AZ underscore Right Wing Watch. What's, what's your Twitter AZ. handle? <laughs> RWW. There we go. Boom. Uh, I always mess it up. I, you'd think I would have it written down by now, but I it's don't fun. because Nobody I suck. Cares. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we, we care. Oh, you, are, you. you are you are a, a, our valuable pitch hitter for when uh, Sarge or myself happens to be uh, busy. So we thank you for that. And uh, you, the listener, should thank her for doing that as well by visiting uh, her social media and being like, hey, I would like to know more about your crazy state. And she'll be like, hey, here's the deal about my crazy state. <laughs> here's all the info. <laughs> so for another successful episode of the Adventures of the Hell World podcast, I have been one of your co-hosts, the Mysterious L. Joined as sometimes by Haley, aka Arizona Right Wing Watch, and as always, our expert in all things QAnon crazy, Mr. Mike Rains. Good speed, Patriots!